Hello, 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 and welcome to What's in Your Toolbox. I am your host, Pamela Jordan, where we are here to inspire, inform, and empower you through the Word of God. Hello, ladies. Hello, gorgeous and beautiful ones. I thank you guys for joining me for this podcast episode. We're going to be doing, we've been doing a study on servanthood, talking about who do you serve, and this is our part two of our lesson and what we're going to be talking about. And our main scripture is John, the 13th chapter, verses 1 through 17. So I want you to grab your Bibles, your notebooks, your pens, your papers, your journals, jump right on in. Let's get started. Let's get prepared for what we're going to be reading and talking about today. And we're talking about servanthood. Who is the greatest servant? of them all. Let's have prayer. Father, Lord, we thank you for each and every one that's joining us on this podcast. We ask you to know our ears to hear what you have to say in the spirit and on our hearts to receive your word and on our minds to receive. Lord Jesus, keep us all in one accord, one mind, and one spirit. And Father, Lord, we thank you for opening up your word, for guiding, direct us through your word, for showing us what you need for us to see. And we give you honor, praise, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So who is the greatest servant? We left off asking that question. And let's go into John 13 chapter, starting at the first verse. And I am reading from the NIV version, and it reads, It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into the basin and began to wash his disciples' feet. Drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him, he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And we're going to stop right there because this is an example, and God is showing us one of the greatest examples of being a servant. And he is, and he is, and he was, and he's always going to be the greatest example of what a servant is. If you want to know what a servant of God is, you need to look in this scripture and you will understand what a servant of God is. He is God. He is the Almighty. And he stepped down from what his throne and stepped down from his authority to wash the disciples' feet because he wanted them to understand and he wanted them to know the importance of being a servant leader, that you got to sometimes come out of your titles, come out of yourself, and serve the people. It's not about the people serving you. It's not about the people honoring you. It's not about the people having all these services for you. When was the last time you had a service for the people? We are here and we are called to serve the people. And he wanted them to see that example that I'm not no higher than you. I'm 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 am who I am. I am God. But that's not does not neglect from me stepping down and washing your feet. And can you imagine twelve men walking in the dust and the dirt of the ground, traveling for days and on journeys that they traveled on. Their feet were not pretty. They probably had corns and bunions. Their feet probably stunk. (laughs) They were filthy and so much more. But you imagine him saying at the supper time, 
I need to wash your feet. Now, mind you, tradition then, and tradition was before they even entered the house, their feet had to be washed before they entered the house. So there was always a bowl of water that there was always time for them to wash their feet. But he also had to show an example to them about being a servant. I come to serve, he said, not to be served. We have to remember, God didn't come to rule. He came to serve. He didn't come to rule people and beat people down and tell people, I am God. I am in charge. You do what I say. He came to serve. He served. You look through scriptures, all throughout scripture, it shows him as an example of being a servant, the biggest servant of sacrifice in his life for our life. That's a servant. He died for us to be able to stand and do what we do today. That's an example of a servant. So it wasn't all about, well, they could have threw a big feast and a party and honored him and told everybody in the city, you guys have to come and bring gifts to him and lay at his feet because he is the pastor. He is the shepherd. He is God. He is in charge. And we got to do this. He said, no, 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 no. I have to show you the example of being a servant because it is to remind you because when I leave here, because I'm not going to be here long, but when I leave here, I need you to understand that in your position that you are going to be in, you are not just here to share the gospel. You're not just here to help people get saved and, and, and go and do the things that you, but you also are here to be a servant to the people. He came to serve them with the word. He didn't look for anything in return. He didn't look for the accolades. He didn't look for being put on a pedestal. He didn't look for all that. He came to be about his father's business is to serve. So who do you serve? Are you serving yourself? Are people serving you? When was the last time you served someone else? When was the last time you stepped out of your title to serve someone else? Well, people didn't even know who you were because you were serving. They thought you were someone ordinary like everybody else. They didn't know you was a pastor. They didn't know you was a leader. They didn't know you was a first lady. They didn't know you were in some kind of minister or elder or deacon or missionary or evangelist, whatever position that you hold. They didn't know that. All they saw you was serving, that you were being a servant. And even if they knew who you are and they saw you saying, oh, no, I got this. I'm going to step down and serve. So he was showing them at that time, look, we just ate, but I need to wash your feet because I need to show you what a servant does and about what humility is. And remember, this is not all about you. Yes, we sat and had a meal in honor of us, and this is Passover meal, this is Passover feast, but these were part of the traditions then. The traditions were to sit and serve, and the traditions were to wash their feet. But he wanted to serve the example because you got to remember, a servant was considered the lowest part of the load. When you were a servant, your job was the dirty job. Your job was the filthy, nasty job, the job that don't nobody want to do, the job that everybody looked around, I ain't doing that, I ain't doing that, you do that. That's what the servant was back then. You were the least of the person. So for Christ to say, look, I'm going to step down and become the least. I'm going to do what they do. The people that y'all step on, the people that you kick to the curb, the people that you look and turn your nose up because they don't look like you, dress like you, or act like you. They don't live like you. They don't drive like you. Those people that you turn your nose up, those people that you walk around because they smell, they don't have the beautiful cologne on, the beautiful perfume on. They don't smell like you. They ain't not, they're not wearing the name brand clothes. They're, they're, they're sitting in their everyday Walmart attire. He said, I'm going down to that level. I'm going down to that level because I need y'all to understand that these are people too. These are my servants. These are my children. These are servants of Christ. 
He came for the least of them. He came for those who we step on, we turn our nose up, that we kick them to the curb, that we leave on the side of the road, that's sleeping under um, tents and shelters and stuff, people that have been kicked out because of different issues and stuff that they got going on that we don't understand. He said, I'm going to become one of them because you need to understand about humility and you need to understand what, what a servant is. It's not about the building. It's not about the prettiness. All that stuff, yeah, that's wonderful and good. But if it takes you away from doing what I called you to do of being a servant, what do you need all that for? If all that stuff is keeping you from being a servant, then I'm going to take it away. So he began to show them what an example, and the greatest example and that he left behind was in this story of him washing the disciples' feet after the meal. He wanted them to understand and see how important it is to be a servant, that I need to do this. And, and, and as I said, washing your feet goes so far back. You know, it was something that had to be done. It was done every time you enter someone's house, you wash their feet out of the respect. You didn't walk into my house with, their, with your feet dirty. They were washed. And it was also an example of showing that he, well, he is the water. He is the living water. So, you know, to understand that and stuff, and this is, the, like I said, this is one of the biggest examples. So Jesus taught, taught us in John 13 what a real servant leader does. And a servant leader does not seek for themselves, but aim to serve others. He stopped them. In verse 6, and he came to Simon Peter, he said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. And it was also all about anointing. He was anointing them. He was depositing the spirit in them. Because washing your feet, you're not just down there washing his feet. He was down there praying over their feet. He was down there laying hands on their feet. He was down there depositing his spirit into them so they'll be able to do what they need to do and do the journey. So when we look at the feet washing, we look at the cleansing of the washing of the sins and, and the baptism, and it's just like it was a form of baptizing, and the washing, the cleansing of your sins, and, and God is saying, I got to do this. We got to get you clean. We got to get you prepared for what is about to come. So I believe he was down there anointing them. I believe he was down there praying over their feet while he was washing them and, and anointing them for the journey that was about to come. So it, it was very important. So when Peter asked him about that, you know, Jesus explained to him, look, you know, no, he said, no, verse 8, I'm sorry, no, said Peter, you should never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part of me. And sometimes we will stop people's blessings because we want to be the big head person. See, part of this wasn't Peter being, oh, kind of generous in, 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 in respect. Some of it was part of Peter being big headed too. You know, sometimes you hinder someone else's blessing when you don't receive what they're trying to give you. They may be trying to give you something that God told them to bring and give to you because once they release it, their blessing comes. But you're sitting there saying, that's okay, I'm good, I'm fine. No, 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 I got it, all right. And sometimes you have to take it because God has told them to give it to you because they need to do something so they can be blessed. And so he's trying to let them know, no, you got to let me do this. I understand you want to watch my face. I understand you know who I am, but you can't stop this because I need to do this because down the road you're going to understand why I had to do what I had to do. 
So that lets us know that it was more than just washing the feet. It was a more anointing. It was a more praying. It was a more setting them, getting them prepared for the journey that was about to come and pass. And so he said, no. He, you know, Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no parts with me. I got to wash you. I got to cleanse you. Okay? So, you know, there's two different types of washing. You know, we have this baptism washing, the going down in the water, water baptizing washing. And then you got the washing of the spirit. And and this is the stuff that was going on. And he explained to him that you are already cleansed. Those who have had a bath, a spiritual bath, accepting Christ, accepting salvation, you don't need another bath. So he said, then, then the Lord said, Lord Simon Peter replied, not just wash my feet, but my hands and my head as well. So now he's kind of getting into, it. Could, you could look at this as sarcastic, kind of saying, well, okay, if you're going to do that, I need you to wash everything. No, Jesus, Jesus answered, verse 10, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. So he's trying to explain to him in a way that he can understand. So if someone's had a bath, you took your bath today, you don't need to be bathed all over again. You already had your bath today. Your feet just need to be clean because you've been walking and you ain't got no shoes on your feet dirty. So that's what we're cleaning. And it's kind of like we're cleaning out your sins. So he's telling them, look, you've already given your life over to me. You've already served me. We've already cleaned you that way. But sometimes your feet may represent this. It's a couple of little sins that we got to take care of, your attitude. So I got to clean that. Your anger issues, I got to clean that. Your manipulation, I got to clean that. This is part of that feet. Your lying becomes the cleaning of your feet. He says, you've already been washed because you've already given your life over to me. You've already accepted salvation. you already come on this side. Now we got to work on those things that are hidden, your drug addiction. That's part of that feet washing. we got to wash that. Your alcoholism, we got to wash that. That's what that feet represents. So if I, he said, if I can't wash that, you won't have no part with me. You won't be there because you're going to be carrying these sins around. You're going to be carrying this stuff around. So he's telling him, look, I need to wash I need to do this, so don't stop me because you're going to mess up for yourself because you may not get to enter in if you come in with all this mess. So that's letting us know today. You may have been saved. You may have been, when you were a child, have given your life over to the Lord, and you went and got anointed or whatever they did, threw a little sprinkle of oil on you, whatever, and all that stuff. But God is saying you got to be baptized. you got to be dipped in the water. you got to go down. That represents your whole body being cleansed. But even after that, there's still some things that he has to clean out or you cannot take part with him. There's still some things, little things that we don't talk about that still has, and this is a part of serving God that we don't share. And we don't want to tell people, you can go, yes, you accepted Jesus Christ. That's your first step of accepting him. And now you go into the water baptism because that's the outer point so people understand that you've come over, you're accepting Christ, and you're serving Christ. And that's what your outer baptism, that's what you're going down the water represents. But there's a spiritual baptism that you have to do. And there's a part of you, God says, I got to cleanse. Your your mouth is dirty. Your your attitude stinks. Yes, you can be saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost, spirit, but your attitude stinks. So I got to clean that. That's that's what the feet represent. The feet represent those things. So he's saying, look, I need to wash your feet because, Peter, your attitude ain't right. You ready to cut people up. So we got to put that in check because you, you won't be able to go out here and win souls for the kingdom. 
because you're going to be cutting folks up. So he answered him and told him, and this is what he told him, and let's go into verse 11. Verse 11 says, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. He knew Judas was going to betray him. And so he let him know. Judas left. Judas had already left. So Judas didn't even get his feet washed. So he knew that was going to happen. So when he finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master. And he's letting them know that you're not, you're not no greater than me. So in other words, now if you can go out here and wash people's feet, and I didn't wash no people's feet, you, you can't be no greater than me. I got to wash people's feet too. You're no greater than your master. I got to do the same thing too. So now he's showing an example. So when you see people out here, it's like, okay, you're a leader, but you ain't doing nothing. Your people are doing everything. How can you have that? How can your servant be greater than the leader? The leader's got to be out here doing all over and beyond of serving so the people can see. And that's what he was showing them. I'm the leader. I am the Lord. I am the teacher. So I got to do better and greater. I got to show a better example. So he's showing them that as you guys are disciples, as you guys become apostles, you have to show a greater example than those who are following you. Why the ones that are following you are doing more than what you are. Why the ones that are far out here feeding the poor and you just standing in the building, in the church, waiting, and you're not even out here in the trenches, in the dirt, in the ground, in the hot heat and the sun. Come on now. That's what he's trying to tell. So he said, I set an example for you because y'all ain't going to show me up. He said, I set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than the master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So we're about to close out, and the scripture is just simple. If we do them. So if we do the things that God has showed us, and he's shown us an example of something just simple as that, of what a servant is, and he's showing us that we still have things that we have to get delivered. Church people are not perfect people. We are not, we don't cross every out or dot every T, and every now and then we may slip up and say a little cuss word, but that does not mean we don't love God. That just means there's still some things that God is still working on us, no more different than someone else. So how can I say I am greater than you if I'm still dealing with some things too? I can't. We are, we, hey, we're doing this thing together. And so he's trying to give them an example of that. Let me wash your feet. Let me anoint you. Let me help you get delivered from those things that are going to hold you back from entering in the kingdom of God. It's okay. That's what I'm here to do. Because I want you to enter the kingdom of God. But if you don't allow me to help you get delivered and help you get saved, how many of you know people like that? How many of you have loved ones that you've been praying for, that you've been seeking and asking God for, and that you've been wanting to come over and, and they won't come, and you're just sitting there saying, if you just allow me, if you just come with me this day, if you allow me to just pray for you, you don't have to do nothing else. 
you know, you walk up, will you allow me to pray for you? That's just the same as washing their feet. And if you're someone out there that needs prayer, that needs deliverance, and you know there's stuff going on in your life, and you know there's something that's keep holding you back, allow someone to wash your feet. That one thing. Because he said, if you don't allow me to do this, you can't partake. So don't get mad at your mom if she wants to pray with you. Don't get mad at grandma or big mama if they want to just pray for you. Because just that one thing, if you don't allow them to do that, that may be your ticket of not being able to enter into the kingdom. That one Sunday that they invite you to church, go. Because that may be your feet washing Sunday where you get delivered and you get set free. Yeah, I know you've been saved all your life. Yeah, I know you know the word. And that's what he told the disciples. Y'all was walking with me. Y'all are some, but I still need to do this. You still need to have this done. So who is the greatest servant? Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So who do you serve? He showed us an example of being a servant in the book of John. Where is your example of being a servant? So we're going to leave you with that until our next episode where we're talking about servanthood. I thank you for listening with us here at the What's in Your Toolbox podcast with your host, Pamela Jordan. So you guys take care. Love you all until next time. God bless you. Bye-bye.